Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, and we're going to be talking today with a guest who has been on the show several times. Super excited to have her back. This is Stephanie Crawford for episode 154. Uh, Stephanie, could you give a brief introduction for those that are just connecting with Well Played Podcast? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Stephanie. Thank you for having me, Michael. I am in central Illinois, and I'm an instructional coach right now, um, but I was a middle school ELA teacher for 13 years before taking this role a couple years ago. Oh, that's, and I'm a board game store owner now. <laughs> that's true. Congratulations. Super jealous. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, which also fits today's topic. But before we get into today's topic, I just want to remind everyone that Well Played Podcast is a part of the On Podcast Media Network. So check out all their wonderful podcasts on their website. And Stephanie and I, diving into today's episode 154, is all about the power of tabletop games. Of course, you know that because you've already clicked on the link to listen about that. <laughs> We like that about you. <laughs> yes. So uh, welcome, everyone that's listening. Uh, so Stephanie, you jumped right to my mind when I thought about this episode. On Well Played, we have had probably, I want to say of the 154 episodes, I'm going to say three, maybe four of them, have been some board game suggestions along the way. Uh, one of those episodes was with your husband. One of those episodes was with mm -hmm. you. Uh, yeah. One of them was with Paul. <laughs> Uh, and another one was with Nick Davis, I believe. I believe that's all of those episodes. And We're I thought a special we, group. <laughs> that's a special group. That's a special group right there. But I was thinking of all those episodes, we never really talked about like the passion and the power and the, like the reason we love these things. We, we definitely geeked out about like, these are the games you all must go buy. And all of you should go back and listen to all those episodes to find which four episodes those are. <laughs> it's a little hidden. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> A little game I'm playing with all of you. So like uh, that. <laughs> check that out, figure those out, and then go buy those. Um, you'll thank us later. But what is it about games that just at the top of this podcast here, what what do you love about games for you? What What is it about those tabletop games? Um, I, I don't know. I feel like the tabletop games bring a connection that we're missing, especially as we go more digital. Um, oh, if you're a first time and you're watching, you know I'm like a hand talker, sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I am, I, in the digital world where we have so many chances to be on our phones, um, in front of um, any kind of electronic device, and play games digitally too, um, a ch the tabletop games gives us, a, gives us a chance to actually have that face-to-face -face interaction and learn more about the person we're playing with and laugh with them and build a relationship with them in a way that you can't um, on the phone or connected through the internet playing the same game on like the Xbox. You know, you can, you can still play with someone over a video game console, um, but it's not the same as sitting face to face with someone with a tabletop game and watching their reaction as certain things happen, the jokes that build the, the, just camaraderie that you build. Yeah, I think that's the like number one reason for me. Like, I mean, I'm smiling right now just thinking of all of the little <laughs> inside jokes, the little like moments, but 
ultimately it's about those moments being built around a table, like being together, that fellowship that's had together. And I absolutely love those moments, uh, big and small, and how they bring people together. And they're just memorable moments. And like you, you alluded to, that you, you can have those in some video games. You can have those in other activities, right? I mean, you can have inside jokes wherever you go. But games for me have this, like, I think unique piece because we're all players in that game, right? Like, we, we could all go mm-hmm. to a, a basketball game and have a, a good time joking around about the basketball game. But, like, it's different when, like, we're actually, like, pushing mm-hmm. those pieces around. We're, those are our choices being displayed out on the board. And there's still that same ability to razz each other. So, but this time there's mm-hmm. that extra level of interaction. And I love that. I love that moment of buying the piece that you wanted and, you know, seeing mm-hmm. you go like, I so wanted that piece. And then 20 minutes later, finding out that, like, that piece sucked for me. <laughs> I didn't. And then having you do that right and you laugh and <laughs> just that fellowship that's had around that table uh and nothing gets better than that to, for me i just i love it uh, a whole lot a whole lot yeah i think you interesting is that you see it with um, other adults that you play with whether they're friends or not you play a board game with someone and you instantly have a connection even if they were a stranger Now, you may find out things about them when you play the board game. You may find out a lot about them as you play the board game, the way that they play, the way that they respond. Um, But you still, you don't have to be friends or family with the people you play. It creates that situation that that creates that fellowship, like you said. But then what I also think is interesting is that it does the same with your students. Um, And I know you and I have both had that experience having the board game clubs with our students too. And um, they don't need it to be digital either. They love that tabletop interaction, sitting there with that face-to-face, just that experience. So uh, to me, it transcends ages as well. You know, you can play with the youngest players, you can play with the oldest players. Um, You know, as long as you are together, that's what matters. Yeah, my students have I don't know every year you get students and I think that at first they don't really believe it they're like you know whatever and then I introduce them to some board games they're like this is a this is a lot of fun and then eventually like throughout the year I get parents saying like geez the uh birthday list was a little different this year yes you know um (laughs) And I get some parents that write me around Christmas time, like my kids come to game club, they can't stop talking about what are some good games that they might like. And it's so awesome to have this wholesome experience be like, I don't know, be the thing that they want to do. And it's, it's so awesome. And what I love is without much of a push, parents say yes to that i mean like some some kids uh will play a game at game club and a couple weeks later birthday or no birthday you find out like their parents were willing to buy the game because 
the parents are looking for those wholesome, like bring everybody together yep. kind of moments. And all they know about is Monopoly, sorry, you know. Yes. And so like they, they've shied away from board games because they don't know about these new board games that are like mm-hmm. way better designed, way cleaner <laughs> designed, like way more fun. Whether you have five minutes or five hours, like there's just so many better choices than what's in the head of most adults about board games. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just experienced that. We were just, um, Dan and I were at a conference in Schaumburg recently, IdeaCon, and um, I was there in my teaching capacity and presenting and all of that, but then Dan was representing our store in the expo hall, um, and I would go down there in between to, to help out with that, to play games with teachers, and that's one of the things I always think is um, – most surprising to them is, I mean, we lay games out and I actually had a table that was five minute games. So, you know, we had, I think three or four different games that you could really, they could stop by. And if they really only had five minutes, they could play it in five minutes, see if they liked it, they could play it for themselves or see how it was applicable to the classroom. But those are like those gateway games where someone who doesn't know that a game can be, first of all, it doesn't have to take three hours. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be rage inducing. Like sometimes monopoly is for me. So I really, that meme about flipping the table is truly me. Monopoly is not my favorite game. Um, if I, I played monopoly know... with you, Stephanie, I'd want you to get to the table flipping moment quicker <laughs> than three hours. We would... Oh, trust me. I would, we would not be speaking. If we I'd like, monopoly. I'd fine. like roll a three <laughs> land on Baltic Avenue. And I want you to just flip that table over. You know, my kids had a junior monopoly. We got at a thrift store and I would play it with them because it only took an hour compared to however long regular monopoly lasted. Um, And I still have that game. (laughs) And if they ask for monopoly, I'm like, only if we play monopoly junior. So that's like, (laughs) I don't know if I should be admitting on this, on this podcast, but that might be one of my weakest like worst parenting moments my daughter Mila <laughs> got that game i can't remember if it was for a gift or if she wanted it as a prize or something and i basically said i refuse to play with you <laughs> and like i play all sorts of games and she was so proud of the fact that like she had a game and she brought it and i said i refuse to play that and she's like why and i'm like because monopoly is terrible and then <laughs> that is what i told my kids too she eventually like conned me into playing it and i remember playing it with her literally being like the biggest stick in the mud and just pointing out to her like see this is terrible see look this doesn't make any sense you see how there's zero strategy here you see how i'm just moving the way the dice tells me to move buying what it tells me to buy paying you what it tells me to pay like this is so boring and i like i know i i feel terrible now looking back i wouldn't change a thing but <laughs> well, that was the junior, the Monopoly junior we had was a dinosaur theme. And you like the rules that made it quicker was like, if you landed on it, you had to buy it. You didn't get to think about it. So it really took all choice out. It Again, terrible, right? But it made it go quicker. Um, and that is, we, <laughs> all choice out. <laughs> we, we have it like stored in a hole in the basement, essentially. Like not, it's not one of the games that we're frequently looking at <laughs> that's crazy so but you were saying that's I, what be, just, before yeah, that long just... soliloquy of <laughs> anti-monopoly 
I mean, it's fine if you like Monopoly. It's just not our game. See? Can there be a duet? Right, Can there be a duet of a soliloquy? No, there really can't. And I wasn't going to point it out, but it's fine. (laughs) Or we just did the first one. Okay, let's do it. Let's say that. That's fine. Let's say that. I like it. For anybody Um, that's still listening, for anyone that's listening right now, I'd love for you to chime in (laughs) on the comment section of the YouTube. This is episode 154. Please share your thoughts of the first ever duet soliloquy. We're really great. We're creating magic here, Michael. We're creating magic. (laughs) So you were saying. I'm just going to really quickly recap that people are surprised by that they can play games in a very quick amount of time when they don't consider themselves game people. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) True. True. Is that really where I cut you off? It was really it. I mean, just the fact that we get people, the teachers coming through that feel like they're not game people or feel like it wouldn't be enjoyable. And then when we actually have five minutes to dedicate to it, to see like, oh, this is fun. This is not what I expected. And it is quick. It's almost like a gateway into other game experiences where they see it's not all terrible table flipping games. Yeah. So Stephanie just used a drug term there, gateway. For those those of you that are not familiar with the tabletop gaming uh, vocab, uh, gateway, just like the drugs, would be the ones that get you into gaming. And uh, I think that's awesome that you and Dan ran a table of gateway games. That really got people stopping by, seeing the sort of power and the excitement of games. Uh I do the same thing with with game club. So this is with kids, not not adults, but that same idea. Like I really at the beginning of the year, I'm mindful of what games you don't start them where you like I could ramp them way right. up. Right. But like, let's start them. <laughs> so they're pretty excited that they, they, they feel it. They feel empowered by the choices they're making. Uh, that's fantastic. As like in my private life, like I definitely try to, get other people to also like board games and trying to decide <laughs> that right. Like you, I don't you're know. A, As somebody that really likes sure. the hobby, you want to like build the hobby and you want other people to like experience it and feel that it's super fun. So like, but trying to be mindful of that, like right game to, to get them into the hobby. That's, I don't know. That's, it's an excitement, but it's also a little nerve wracking because I want them to really enjoy it. <laughs> And you you do a nice job getting people interested and making them feel included with that, getting them started. I remember once I went to an ed camp where I, I did games at an ed camp. And uh, I think it went well. But it might have been due to the fact that you were there and you primed people <laughs> to play no. some board games because you also love no. board games so i think between your love of board games me coming down <laughs> and playing some board games we had like 25 people playing board games in the library where your library i feel like we is... had the whole ed camp <laughs> it was it was a it was a huge chunk of the people at ed camp came to play those games but you know all joking aside all the tables were like these were great people were asking like people were writing down mm-hmm. where you get these 
And there are lots of places to get board games, but I think you know of one in particular. <laughs> That's right. If you're in central Illinois, we like to shop at Cabbages and Kings games. <laughs> That's right. That is awesome. Um, actually, what we always say, though, is if you would take the chance to look at your local game store and see if you have something like that in your area, the people who own their local game stores, like they're passionate about games. There's a reason they did that. And it's it's not like it was a quick buck. That's why you got into it. You got into it because you're passionate about games. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a fair point that these guys just, they're super passionate about it. Here in the Milwaukee area, we have one game store that's pretty pretty darn popular. And every time I go in there, uh, I absolutely love it. They, and then the, you can just tell all the workers there are super passionate about games, whether it is the like brand new hire that is like clearly 18 years old or the <laughs> like 45-year-old. They instantly come up and right away say like, you know, First time here, like, you know, what do you like? What are you looking for? Anything I can help? And really, no matter what I toss at them, whether it's, hey, a game for game club, hey, my game group's thinking about getting a new game, or I'm looking for a birthday gift for my eight-year-old niece or whatever, they they instantly can, like, jump to, like, ten different suggestions about any of those. And it's pretty awesome. And you can just tell they're super passionate about yeah the the sort of the power that games have and the the power that play has which is just awesome and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast that uh it's i don't know it's super fun so i hope that people that are listening to this now feel sort of armed with places they can go and Mm -hmm. i don't know more excited to to really like add games to their life uh you had sort of touched upon a little bit ago the statement like even these teachers that stop by and then you sort of made this comment mm-hmm. like even if they're not gamers, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they don't consider themselves gamers. That's right. That's right. And so I guess my, not really my question, but where I want to take the conversation is like how, how can we help convert more people? Because really, <laughs> like really I just think games are way different than what most people have in their head. Like it's just such, I don't know, not even remotely close to reality for anybody that actually knows what games are out there and what can be played versus what they think in their head when they think of board games. Right. Um, I feel like uh, that's a question like we're always trying to answer, right? But um In my experience, what I have found to be successful that I keep plugging away at is I think you and I both always travel with games, first of all, because there's games that fit in our luggage if we're flying or in our car if we're driving. So there's always games. I mean, I bring games every place I go um, so that there's always that connection and you can kind of get people to be comfortable and come in and play with you. But then here, what I try to do is start a a teacher Tuesday group because I do um, with my connection local idea, which for those who don't know, that's the um, like our state, our Illinois state branch of ISTE is idea. Um, and so with our local idea chapter, I try to do a teacher Tuesday to bring um, people in would do that with the game store where it's just like, come in and try something new. You don't, it's not, it's not intimidating. I think that's what people need is an atmosphere that's not intimidating. They need to know, like, it's just, 
it's okay if you come in and you stay for 10 minutes and that's all that you want to do. Like if you come in and you play a game and, oh, you decide that was fine, but I'm, I'm going to leave. That's okay. Like no one's going to force you to stay. You're, you don't have to, no one's going to make fun of you for not getting a game right away or not liking a game. I guess that's what it comes down to is providing opportunities for people to come in and play without the risk of feeling stupid or on the outside. You know, they, nobody wants to come in and feel like they're on the outside of this, like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like club, you know, they want to just, they want to come in and feel included. So by providing some of those opportunities to play games that are um, inviting a little quicker at first, easy to learn, it helps them get more comfortable with what games can be and then find who they are really as a gamer. Because every, I think everybody's a gamer. They just don't know it. I like that. I really do like <laughs> that. Uh, the other thing that you just sort of said that made me think, made me go, hmm, is I often think about games as like a moment for me to sort of empathize with my students because you just said mm -hmm. no one wants to feel stupid. And as an adult we tend to sort of move from experience to experience in which we are choosing to be in that experience. We usually have some bit of talent, some bit of like knowledge on that, right? So if you go to the basketball game, you tend to know some of the players, some of the like things and, you know, so you go there and like it's not a challenge for you. You don't necessarily feel on the outs and outs of that. And mm -hmm. yet we ask our students every day, like this is the new thing we're learning in math today. And like, none of you know it. And I'm going to like give you like, a, I'm going to give you a little 10 minute mini lesson and about, <laughs> about 20% of you are going to get it. And then the rest of you are going to kind of scratch your head and like, but then like in our own lives, we want zero of the head scratch. Right? Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so I will admit as I play board games in those moments where I get a little nervous and I mean, I'll be honest, like sometimes people are teaching me a game and even though I play a manjillion games, yeah, it's like hard. Like some of them, some of the games I play, like there are thirty minutes of like rules being told <laughs> to me, and they're it's jam packed. It's thirty minutes of different rules, <laughs> and you're kind of like, I think I get it. And then like, <laughs> without a doubt, everyone, I need you to hear this. I have no effing clue what's going on, <laughs> and like you just have to like move forward because the only way to sort of learn in that moment is to sort of try. So you're like, so absolutely at the, <laughs> we're done with that 30 minute review. And so what do I get to do on my turn? Cause I don't even remember anymore and I'm up first. So am I allowed to buy this thing over here? I'm going to buy this thing. Is that cool? I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. That is so accurate. That's why I'm laughing so hard. Like I think all of us can recognize ourselves in that. Like <laughs> I have that moment of sheer panic where I'm like, I have not taken in any of what was just said. I just need someone to step me through what I'm doing here. Yep. <laughs> That's where I get like, nope, that, that last half an hour did not exist in my head. Yep. <laughs> but it's so amazing um, that so many of the games, at least some of my absolute favorites are. So Stephanie talked about these gateway, like my favorite games are actually not even far from a gateway game. I mean, like mine are just a click up. Like I, I like kind of the 90 minute game. That's sort of my favorite. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a little more rule set to it. 
And in those half an hour rule set explanations or 20 minute rule set explanations, it seems so big, so complicated. You're like, no way. But then like, actually, once you start playing, you're like, oh, like really, I only have like these five choices every turn. And I'm just mm -hmm. like making a, a selection between those five. And once you kind of get those five, it's pretty easy. It's like, well, this one you can buy or this other thing you can like move or you can like attack or you can right? like, oh, like that's easy. Like, but when you haven't played and somebody's explaining to you all these five things, it takes 20 minutes mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Um, and I think it's been, it's made it easier now that a lot of the game companies have um, like YouTube videos to show you a very quick way to play the game. Like, so you don't have to struggle to listen to someone else. So it could be, if you're going to introduce a new game, it could just be like, Oh, let's watch this quick five minute video. That'll tell us all the rules. And you set it up and play right there. I have, I think that's been a huge help because sometimes some people love games, but they may not be the best at teaching those games or getting people excited about those games. I'm going to put a little asterisk <laughs> on your explanation there because okay. My game group, the one I play with regularly, we try to play once a week mm -hmm. for the most part. And we, over the years, have become very comfortable with each other. And so when it's one of our turns to explain, the three others happen to choose to be sort of jabronis. And <laughs> they're not listening because they're just all wanting to crack a joke or like say silly stuff and then you get to the end of the half an hour and we're like we're ready to play and they're like i have no idea because i've just been cracking jokes for half hour. i'm gonna need to learn that game again yeah from the top <laughs> so uh but all that said games are just i don't know they're super fun they bring people together and uh and you know in some respects i like that it puts us in that student seat for a moment and just have us remember what it's like and maybe i'm going to sound super nerdy here but like that has helped me actually be a, a better more empathetic teacher when mm -hmm. you realize like that skill of taking in 20 30 minutes of directions and then that trepidation of like that first choice that first like Right. I, I don't know. Like, should I buy that building? Like, I don't know. That's like the one thing that made sense to me. So I'm going to do it and just be able to watch <laughs> other people's turn. Um, but, but I think it's good. I think it's good that we understand that and we, we feel that and we get to know from, learn from that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. But uh, we are at reflection time. And I have Ooh. a quote. The quote, I'm not going to say like perfectly fits. But it's close. Uh, you ready? I'm ready as I can ever be. <laughs> so true. So true. This one, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say who it's from because that would sort of give away the quote. So I'm just going to go straight into it. Okay, here we go. Mm. Thank you, Mario. But our princess... <laughs> is in another castle. <laughs> I always love when it's reflection time with you. <laughs> so how does that hit you based on what we're talking about, seeing that that's from a video game? 
Well, I think that the game just in general, when you hear that, you're like pumped for that next adventure. You get that like, oh my gosh, so close. I thought I was there. Um, but there's always some new adventure waiting. There's always another round that's out there for you. Um, so I feel like to me, when I hear that, it's just like, oh, I thought I was done, but there's this other thing that's waiting for me. So I guess that's where I take it. I like it. I really like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for me, uh, all silliness <laughs> aside, I dare you to take a drink. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> right now. All we need is a spit take on here. It's fine. <laughs> uh, for that quote from me, I well, one, I really like your take. So I'm just going to say that that is the better take. You guys can stop listening right now if you want. <laughs> but for me, uh, I really, I like this idea of um, how games sort of tell a tale, tell a story. And Mario is kind of a good example of that that it can be the craziest of crazy stories it's a plumber <laughs> who eats mushrooms and saves princesses that makes no sense yet it is one of the like best-selling franchises but this also sort of shows the spirit of of like the games and gamer communities and like it's just about having fun and it's about having fun with people you love and go out there and find that princess i guess yeah. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us on Well Played once again. I always love having you on the, the podcast. I always love being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yay, yay. And everyone else, thank you so much for making Well Played sort of a regular stop. If you're brand new to Well Played Community, go back, listen to those others. Try to find those four other podcasts about <laughs> which games to buy because there's so many. If you have a moment, you can also check out my YouTube channel where I give you some game suggestions there and playful suggestions. And reminder that Well Played, again, is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Go check out their website to grab all sorts of powerful PD-packed podcasts such as well played itself but additionally we have the tnt ed tech podcast uh check that one out it is a fabulous show and i think you'll love it uh as always stay connected share your ideas check us out on youtube enjoy your week and play on